Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh. Hey, I'm Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. Josh, we are back. Andrew. Episode 61. We are back. 61. Who would have thought that we would have made the 61 flipping episodes? Dude. That's pure crazy. It's, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. How do you feel? How are you doing today on this uh, this Thursday for episode 61? This I'm doing well. Uh, other than it's been hot. Now, Colorado hot's like high 80s, low 90s, but yeah. it's pretty miserable for us. I like to say <laughs> we're much closer to the sun than the rest of you folk. <laughs> Uh, and that's why it's worse for us. Right. That's fair. Well, uh, when I lived in Phoenix, we used to tell yeah. people it was just, it's just a dry heat. That's how we justified it. But <laughs> it's flipping hot. It's so Dude, hot. Dude, Phoenix, anytime in the summer is horrible. I've been, I've been to Phoenix a few times in early summer and I'm like, why do so many people live here? What are you doing? Like, unless you have like breathing problems and you need that hot, dry air. Dude, I don't understand why so many people live in Phoenix, but God bless them. You know, like they can do that. Let me just say, though, their water smells and tastes horrible out of the tap. Like that's one thing about Phoenix. Really? Dude. Yeah. I've noticed. I'm like, this smells like eggs, like straight up, like there's sulfur in the water a little bit. It's Hmm. I've noticed that about Orlando, too. I'm like. Why what people, part of Phoenix were you in? Uh, when I noticed that, I was like very close to downtown Phoenix. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. For the big hillside. I've song. heard those kind of things like out yeah. east. Yeah. Like, um, I can't remember the name of the cities now. Mesa and Queen Creek. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, Phoenix. I think all of Arizona water. I don't know where the water comes from, but it all is just gross. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, to the point that, like sorry. we used to have to like we used to take high school students to Arizona every year, right? Um, and we had to have to like truck in water for them because yeah. they wouldn't drink. <laughs> they wouldn't drink the water. Like, it can't be that bad. Uh, it's it funny, is. man. Well, when bad. you're used to Colorado water, you know it is. It's a big change, that's for sure. Um, yeah, man. It's been it super weird hot to me, like, here Colorado too. Water people would like fill their glass up from the faucet and you're like, what are you, what yeah. are you doing? You don't, you don't want frigid water. You don't want filtered water. <laughs> What's like, the matter oh, with you guys? You like your water? No, my water here at my house is, it's not bad, but it's not great either. Really? My water here mm-hmm. at my house is better than the Colorado water I had when we lived there. Um, really? Straight up. But that's cause I live, I have a well, but I have like a treatment system it runs through. So it's like, it's not pure well water. It's filtered, you know, but um, dude, it's stinking good. It's really good. Um, I'm a big fan. So no complaints. Happy to drink it out of the tap here, but it has been super hot here uh, too. Like this morning I got up a little bit early and as soon as my like front yard was dry enough, I went out there and mowed for a little bit because like it's getting really long um, but, uh, I do not want to sit on my mower at like 4 PM or 5 PM and do that today. Cause I'll just sweat to death. You know, it's been like close oh, to a yeah. hundred the last couple days or mid nineties. And it's humid days. too, right? And it's humid, but we have a pool. So like you can jump in the pool and it's not too bad, but yeah, man, 
toasting. That's pretty rough. Do you toasting. do you take turn like do you do a little bit of uh, mowing, jump in the pool, uh, do a lap, jump back on the mower, do a little bit more mowing, jump I have, pool, do a lap? I have, man. I've literally taken like, all right, I'm going to mow for 10 minutes and jump straight in the pool and then mow for 10 more minutes and it works out. You know, it's all good. It's all good. But there you go. As long as it eventually gets done, right? Make it an adventure. Right. right. Make it fun. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, little chicken update from us. Uh, oh, we nice. still have 13. No, no. This 13, is just I it was good. At one point. <laughs> that's, the, that's the bigger update. We actually started with 17. We're down to 13. But the thirteen are going strong. They've been they've been solid but, for. But didn't you <laughs> weren't you at sixteen for a long time? Yes. Yeah. So, so we've lost three. Where did they go? <laughs> Four. Well, they're they're no longer with us. They're uh, they, they've passed. Um, <laughs> so oh, one. So sad. So if you're new to the show. We started with 17 chickens as chicks, one before she was big enough to like lay eggs. Like Um, six months plus ago, right? Yeah. No, over a year ago. Over a year ago. So one died before she reached like egg laying, like maturity. Um, And that's because she was the dumbest chicken and choked to death on food Um, (laughs) is my estimation. Another one uh, got her head stuck in the fence and... I'll leave out the details, but was decapitated oh, from the outside. I, I um, that one. It was really bad. It was really bad. But then, like, clawed um, to death from the inside, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, dude. Other chickens were like, mm, you guys want some chicken? It was a real horror show. Like, it was real. I don't feel bad about eating chickens because of that. I'm like, I know what you creatures are. <laughs> like, I see what you are, you know? Um, then the another one got sick and and just, like, died in her sleep one night, which was really sad because she was like a super nice chicken. But I tried to give her all these like chicken probiotics, antibiotics, all this stuff. And she still, she passed. So I think maybe we had like, she wasn't acting right. Like all the other chickens would go out and she was like shivering inside, like alone, like acting all weird. But yeah, man, you start to uh, be able to read chickens pretty well, you know, after a little while. That, uh, I think that was all of, I feel like one more died. I think we had 17 to start and we're down to 13 now, but I don't know, dude. Maybe just know. one wandered off and you didn't even realize it. You just had too <laughs> many. It's like when you get like, it's like when you have too many children, one just eventually yeah. wanders off and you're like, didn't we have 17 kids yeah. at one point? What happened to Billy? Maybe we did. Maybe we did start with 16. Maybe, maybe we're okay. Uh, uh, wake up in cold sweats in the middle of the night like uh home alone style oh man yeah oh home alone. oh he he woke up because he peed the bed well his cousin peed the bed no i meant like his uh his parents like they're on a plate and then they wake up in the middle of the night in london and you're like oh, oh no uh, yeah <laughs> That's got to be, yeah. whoo, that's got to be a rough feeling. Like if you've lost, Dude. and I assume every parent has lost their child at some point, oh. not for like a long period of time, but like yeah. I got lost in a mall once. I do remember that. It felt yeah. like an eternity, but it was probably only like five minutes. Yeah. Um, so I assume everyone goes through that experience, but like that's got to be a terrifying moment. 
Dude, it is. I've only done that on really small scales, but like, I think both Janna and I, Catherine will just like wander off and do her own thing, which is cool, but is yeah. also like terrifying at moments. Like, and we live in the country, so she can't wander off very far um, without us knowing. But dude, I've had moments yeah. where I'm like, I thought she was like, you know, 10 feet from me. And then I start looking around and like calling her name and can't find her for like three minutes. And it's just immediately like, Oh no, what's happening. You know, like your heart rate goes up. It's like, yeah, it's a horrifying experience. So I cannot imagine if you flew to a different country and literally realized you had left a kid at home, like home alone, that would be the worst, the worst. I assume like, that that has had ha- that has had to have happened before, which, yeah. Which is like yeah. that's a mind blowing part. Like in a movie, yeah, funny storyline, but right. like in real life, uh, yeah. I want to meet the family that they left a child behind. I just want to know more about the story. Like, oh what did that gosh. feel like? All of those things. Uh, yeah, that had been, Oh yeah, that had been rough. Oh yeah, yeah. So, dude, what uh? What are we talking about? Is it hopeful? Is it pessimistic? Um, is this the? Are we going to conclude the yeah, hope I series thought, by doing the uh, the? I don't know, pessimistic series, the lack of hope. No, series? I just thought halfway through we would shift it of like you know this hope thing's not working. Um, let's despair. just all be pessimistic and angry. Um, yes, and then let everybody else know that we're pessimistic, like we're angry, and that yes. life is not turning out the way that we hoped. Um, <laughs> I think that would be the best solution to this whole problem. And if we mm-hmm. can do that, then then I think we'll actually help people. Just kidding. I think hope is the only way to live this life because any other way it just sounds miserable and exhausting. Um, but yeah, we're in the middle of the hope series. Um, we're a week, like, uh, episode like six, maybe into it. I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, and the hope series is, is all designed to help you find hope and more importantly, keep it. Um, and we think that hope, um, is found in Jesus, um, in his way of doing life, which is in relationship with him and relationship with others. Um, and the hope study is hope study's goal is to teach people how to do that so they can, um, find hope, uh, find life, get life giving environments, find, um, joy, even if life is hard. Um, even if it's not turning out the way that you hoped, even if you're losing, yeah. um, things that are dear to you, um, and all those things. Um, but we've done, sorry, I'm also trying to pull up the thing and talk at the same time. Uh, so we started with the preamble. Um, we talked about grace changes everything. We talked about the gospel and its impact on our lives. Talked about faulty attributes, things that we apply to God, you know, God's character that, that just aren't true of who God is. Um, yeah. Then we dug into uh, relationships uncensored, uncensored, um, talking about just vulnerability and intimacy and how do we foster a relationship with Jesus specifically. Uh, and then we dug into last week, and we're going to continue uh, on this kind of uh, topic, but we had talked about emerging from the foxhole. Um, so how do we actually embrace this new life that we have? And though it is a battle at times, um, and we're definitely in a spiritual battle uh, for sure, um, that we don't have to be all bunkered down in the foxhole that we get to take take ground. So how do we pull ourselves or emerge out of the foxhole um, and, and really start taking ground? So last week we talked about uh, adding meek <clears throat> to your vocabulary, really to your behavior. But um, how do we practice humility? And we talked about obedience 
uh, being a scary word, but how important it is uh, for Christians to live an obedient life to Christ. Um, and I think too, and I think we said this, but just to clarify it too, if you're if you're listening for the first time and you're still playing catch up, when we talk about obedience, we're not talking about you know, um, you know, distant God that's a jerk that just wants you to do what he wants uh, when he wants you to do it. We're not talking about that. And we're talking about obedience that helps you. F- fully uh, live out the life that Jesus has for you um, as Jesus embraces you, as he loves you, um, as he guides you. Um, he's going to give you uh, action steps, things that you need to do, conversations you need to have, um, behaviors that you need to start changing um, as he guides you through how to change those behaviors. Uh, I was in a, I'm in a <clears throat> community group that we met last night and we were talking about um, uh, obedience and, and what does that look like and um, how do you actually um, change if Jesus tells you something's wrong um, <laughs> and I think oftentimes we have this idea in our heads that um, say it's I was gonna say anger but I feel like we always use that illustration or at least I do uh, that's my that's my go-to emotion so that's why but um, <laughs> what could he said uh, maybe the way that you're treating uh, a coworker. Yeah. Um, God kind of reveals or convicts, Hey, the way you're treating them, you're not loving them. <clears throat> you're demeaning them. You're devaluing them. Uh, you're hurting relationship with them. And then oftentimes I think we think, well, once Jesus convicts, then it's our job to fix all that behavior. Um, and yes, we're an active participant in fixing that behavior, but it's not up to us to, how to figure out how to do it. Right. Like, um, our step would be like, Hey, Jesus, Thank you for convicting me on this. I'm so sorry. Uh, I need to apologize to that person as well, and I'll do that. But how do I fix it for the future? Like, yeah. why, why do I treat this person this way? What's the underlying issue that I should probably deal with so I don't keep doing this with that individual? Because I think yeah. so often we're convicted of that thing, but then we take the reins back and take control back, and we take the lead, uh, and then we try to fix it, and we can never yeah. fix it. So we're like, well. You know, we're just never going to get along with that person. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Instead it's of hopeless. saying, Jesus, like, digging into conversation. Yeah. So digging into conversation with Jesus of like, how do you, like, what, what, what's the thing? What's, what are they doing that triggers me? And why is that triggering me? Um, yeah. Like, does it remind me of somebody? Does it remind me of a situation? Is there unresolved um, um, hurt? Is there unresolved whatever going on that I need to deal with? Whatever those things have to be. Um, I'm, more than confident Jesus is more than happy to walk you through that stuff, um, to dig into it. But another big piece, and this is what we're talking about today, but another big piece of emerging from the foxhole or embracing this new life that Jesus has given you through his death and resurrection, um, and our faith in, in that, um, is resting in relationship. Um, how do we rest in relationship? Mm-hmm. Andrew, when you hear rest in relationship, what does that mean to you? I think, well, I know we're going to go through Whoa, the scripture. Sorry to interrupt you, but I'm yeah. looking at the video at you right now, and I'm seeing those sparkling blue eyes. Um, but are you wearing your are you wearing your physical education shirt from high school, or is it just a physical education <laughs> from shirt from college? From college, it was my nice. <laughs> yeah. As you That's noticed, funny. I have not had any work meetings yet, so I have my Indiana Wesleyan physical education T-shirt on. And nice. uh, yeah, man, I love this tea. I think it was five bucks. It was like part of the uh, the class. Like you had to get it for the weightlifting class okay. that I did, and it was an yeah, elective. Yeah. And anyway, yeah, I uh, I rep this thing as often as I can. I'm proud of it. Um, it's pretty good. Yeah. That's a nice one, though. Mine was bright purple. 
Uh, oh. And then it had the big white bar on it that you wrote your name on. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know where it ended up, but I definitely wasn't wearing it. That's funny. E class. <laughs> you just wear a shirt that always it's like a permanent name tag wearing in public. Yeah. Josh, like written really badly like, and huge. Just like property uh, of or something, something weird like property of so the high funny. school, and then you have to write uh, your name on it. That's yeah, funny. No man, I uh, this one you know they didn't care about my name. They just wanted to make sure I matched everybody else, um, <laughs> which isn't weird. So weird. Yes, that is thing weird. in high school and in, in college. Yeah, it's super weird. No, man, resting in relationship. Um, I know there's a scripture we're going to go through in this, but I'll give you just my thoughts that aren't necessarily related to that uh, yet. But I think about it like when you're not resting in a relationship, just a normal relationship with a person, friendship, marriage, whatever, coworker, like we all have a lot of relationships. And... um, when you're worried about one, when you're feeling uneasy about one, at least for me, even being a, an Enneagram eight, who's comfortable with conflict, man, I really value the relationships I have. So when one feels off, it really bothers me. Like it's hard for me to rest in anything if, in my life when I feel like something is, is really off in a relationship. Um, like I said, whether that be friendship, marriage, like work, whatever, like I don't like that. And uh, so for me, I think rest, resting in a relationship is like there's a level of trust there. Like we're good. We have a mutual understanding. We we both have, have good expectations of one another, um, know what to expect, I guess, uh, to, to some degree. And then when you take that to resting in relationship with the Lord, it's like there's a level of of trust that goes deeper of like my circumstances might not look like I should have peace um, or hope or joy or like any of the fruit of the spirit. Like my my life might seem a little chaotic and unbalanced and whatever, but I have trust that goes deep enough that I can just rest in this relationship. I don't have to worry about something being askew in my relationship with the Lord. Like I don't have to worry that like God looks at me and is like, I'm not sure about that. Andrew, like, I don't know when he said this, I got the wrong impression. It's like, no, like you just trust, like God knows my heart fully and he's not going to change based on how my behavior, you know? So there's a level of, of comfort in that, um, for me, at least, that I can just rest back and or lean back and, like, kind of rest in it. Like, everything else can be going nuts in my life uh, or in my circumstances or in our world, you know? Let me just pause. In our world, like, you watch the news for any extended amount of time, there's going to be a level of anxiety that can easily build up in you because... Most of the stories are salacious and like, that's how they get people to keep paying attention. It's like, there's a murderer on the loose, like a bomb went off, like blackouts, like COVID, like all the things, you know, it's always hyperbolic. Um, And a lot of that is because like, there's some bad stuff going on for sure. But all the biggest bad stories are what make people go like, I got, I got better check for an update on that. Better pay attention, better share this story, better, whatever. You know, it's the it's the hyperbolic stuff that makes you 
focus on it, but it can throw off your peace. It can throw off your ability to have peace if you rest, if you not rest in that, if you focus too much in that, you know? So I just feel like there's a lot of, a lot of forces in, uh, in this world, whether they're, you know, spiritual or just man-made that, that want you to not necessarily rest or have peace, um, but to be paying attention and be really concerned or really upset about something, um, whatever that something is. So rest is, is not necessarily like peace and trust and rest. Those aren't necessarily easy things to like hold on to, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, no, that's good. That's really good. Um, and I had a thought and then I lost it. Sorry, my dog just walked in. He's like, Jack, licking my toe or something. Man. I don't know what he's doing. Jack. Um, he hangs out in my office a lot more, though. Um, well, that's cool. He which likes I think you. he's just terrified. <laughs> I think he's scared of the dogs. He's hearing them barking. So he's like trying to get away from them and he knows I'm home. So usually, if I'm not home, he hides underneath the kitchen table. I don't know. Right. Why, but that's where I find it when I come home. Uh, but I'm home, so I guess he's just going to hang out here. <laughs> he's, he's really cute right now. He's, he's trying to rest in, in the relationship uh, and also bonus. On, on, on the side, he's trying to get a little bit of that burrito you're eating. He's like, I smell it, Josh. Where is he it? Probably was. He probably was. He probably did it? smell it. But he knows yeah. I don't share my burrito. So right. you know, he's like, ah, oh, it's a burrito. I'm not getting any of that. It's just hopeful, man. Um, he's just not hopeful. sharing that good. That good tastiness. Um, yeah, I don't know where we're going. I forgot. But um, resting in relationship um, kind of is built on on this verse in, in Matthew 11. And this is being quoted yeah. by Jesus, or Jesus being quoted here. Um, in the verse 28, um, he says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Um, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, um, for I am gentle humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light light um the crazy part of this this these verses um that i think we often miss because you know our bible has been broken up into separate sections yeah chapters um so we we kind of lump what's in that chapter all together we forget what's going on Mm -hmm. around it um, but right mm-hmm. after this, Jesus is approached um, by the Pharisees and they're taking shots at him because his, their disciples are doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath. Mm. And he kind of walks into um, what rest looks like, what the Sabbath was created for. Um, and then the fact that he is the son of man is Lord of the Sabbath, that he is in 100% control of the Sabbath. Yeah, um, I think all too often. I think he even said, he even quotes, I don't remember where it is, but he says something like, um, if you only understood what was written, um, you know, desire mercy. Uh, I desire yeah. mercy and not sacrifice. Uh, yeah. Actually, let me just go to the next chapter. Hosea, that's Hosea 6 that he quotes. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think all too often that we, we legalize too many things. So like Sabbath for us is just a legal thing of like, yeah. Well, I have to sacrifice doing anything and just focus on Jesus for the day. Um, right. And, and then, and, you know, that was, wasn't exactly what Jesus was looking for. Like he's looking for a relationship. He's looking for us to be spending time with him, focusing on relationship and foster relationship with him. And I think that's where um, that rest let me comes just, from. Dude, easy let yoke. me jump in on the, on the Sabbath idea because like, 
it's easy to to have that view of Sabbath, you know, like I I can't do anything on one day of the week, like except for pray and spend time with the Lord. Maybe I go to church. Maybe I conveniently slot in my Sabbath on Sunday because <laughs> I'm like, this is my God day, yeah. you know. Um, but then like your dog has to go out and and take a poop and like you're like, I got to get a bag and pick it up. And it's like, shoot, little voice in your head's like, well, but you're kind of doing work uh, to some degree. Like, you know, <laughs> you that's a level of work. Like you're picking up your dog's poop and you're like, I'm also hungry. Like I didn't cook enough food to where I can just pull stuff out of the fridge and you got to cook. And it's like all the, like if you try to take a day and you religiously, and I say religious on purpose, like say the only thing I'm doing today is praying, reading my Bible, um, and, and spending time with God, you know, then inevitably there's going to be like 40 little things that crop up and it's like, got to cook. Got to wash those dishes. You yeah. got to pick up your dog poop. Got to do whatever. Then you have a kid and it's like 400 things crop up. And you're like, I got to do yeah. that and that and that. And then you realize like your view of, of what Sabbath was, wasn't the, the intent, you know, like I think if we talk a little bit about intent of Sabbath and rest of, of what Jesus meant in Matthew 11, like you were talking about, it might be a really good thing to unpack a bit because it's it's way too easy to just yeah. have a religious view and be like no i read genesis like god created the the world and everything in it in in seven days or in six days and on the seventh day he rested so my job is to rest one day a week which it is but that doesn't mean just kicking your feet back and like praying quietly all day necessarily that could be a great use of sabbath at some point but um for me, and, and I think for most of us, that's not a, that's literally not attainable uh, for a, a whole day once a week, you know? So it's like, how do you rest and honor God um, with at least a day of your week? And then more, how do you, how do you obtain rest throughout the busyness and the demands of, of your week, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts on all that? Well, I think too, like when I read this verse, I, I think unfortunately for most Christians, the verse 28 is more true. Um, like we're burdened, um, we're weary and, and we, we want rest. Um, and I would argue like if that's where you're living, um, like you feel weary, you feel burdened, you feel tired, you feel exhausted, you feel like, you know, rest is never going to come upon you. I would argue you're probably doing life wrong. Hmm. Um and I would argue that because well, Jesus just said it right here. <laughs> like, like <laughs> there, there's another way. <laughs> we, we don't mm-hmm. have to be this way. And I think yeah. it takes work for us to get to that place. And it takes intentionality. And it takes, uh, to some extent, sacrifice in the sense that, like, you're going to cut things out of your life. And that's okay. Um, you don't have to do everything. Um, and you don't have to take on burdens that Jesus doesn't ask you to take on. I think that's another big piece of it. Like we think, you know, going back to what you just said about Sabbath, like we think there's burdens that Jesus has asked us to take on. Like you better keep yeah. the Sabbath and don't work at all. Like no, mm-hmm. no grace on the Sabbath. Don't lift a finger. Live it exactly this way. Yeah. Don't turn on a light. Don't do all those things. Yeah. No offense to our Jewish friends. Live your right. faith. But um, like it's unnecessary burden that we've placed on ourselves. where Jesus is like, I never asked you to do those things. 
Um, and that's probably true with so many different things in our life. Like we, th- they're mm-hmm. good things in our eyes, other, in others' eyes, they're good Christian things to do, um, to avoid certain things or to, um, uh, do certain things, however that plays out. Um, but they're burdens that Jesus is probably like, what, what are you doing? Like, I never, when did I ever ask you to do this? Like, why are you right. putting so much stress on yourself? And right. I didn't ask you to take the stress on. Um, uh, I, I think that's, piece. now there are stresses that you are. Jesus 100% ask you to take on, like Andrew said, like you having kids, Jesus asks yeah. you to take on a, a level of burden and stress. Right. Um, but in the midst of that, I think there's a way to do it. Um, that, you know, it can feel easy. It can feel, you can find rest in the midst of it. The burden will be, will feel light. Um, yeah. And I think if we unpack this, there's a lot like packed into this verse, like in a matter of two sentences, what Jesus yeah. says is pretty, pretty freaking remarkable. Yeah. Um, like even, so like, he, so he sets it up of like, all, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I'll give you rest, mm-hmm. which in all reality, the audience he's th- speaking this to probably yeah. 100% of them are relating to that statement. They're like, what? Yeah, yeah, that's me. What do I need to do? And then he tells you what he needs to do. He says, take yeah, my the, yoke and they're probably you. all agricultural workers to some degree, like f- involved mm-hmm. in farming. And they're like, yeah, I work my butt off all the time to put food on the table there's no paid time off. It's like, you know, this is what I do always with my life. And if I'm fortunate when I'm old, my, my sons and daughters will do the same and take care of me so I can have a little rest before I die, you know? So sorry, keep going. But it's like, that's the context. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, then he says, take, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, which is a, is a farm, I guess, or, are those that plow? Yeah, they're plowing fields, so it's a farming term. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of of the oxen in, in that picture, but like something yeah. that we miss because we're just not in that culture. You know, mm-hmm. like Andrew just described the culture that you know they all understand the farming world, um, even if they're not a part of it. They like it's it's a pretty yeah. big um, economic money maker, so mm-hmm. um, they all know about it. But take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Well. As a young oxen, as they're training to plow fields, they usually tie a young oxen to an old oxen with a yoke. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the old oxen can teach the young oxen how to do it, uh, mm-hmm. but also to carry a majority of the burden as that person's learning how to do it. Right. Right. So here's Jesus saying, like, learn from me. Let yeah. me take the other side of the, the yoke. Let me take the burden of it all mm-hmm. and just walk with me. Walk yeah. with me. Chip, walk with me in, in mm. this and let me show you yeah. how it's done. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm extremely gentle. I'm very humble in heart and you'll yeah. find rest in your soul. Like you mm. don't have to carry all the stresses and burdens of life on yourself. Like yeah. you don't have to like, like let me take some of those burdens off of you. Now that's pretty hard to do. It's easier said than done. Right. Yeah. Like, stress is ingrained in us. We feel like if we're not worrying or burdened about something, then we're not doing anything enough, you know, <laughs> you know with enough passion, we just don't care. Um, right. But right. there is a way to, to walk with Jesus in this and, and to lay those burdens on him. Um, so you can feel, you know, easy yoke. You can feel like burdens um, that I think are easy or I think is easier said than done, but I think it is actually easier than we think it is Yeah. Um, as well. Uh, and I think it really comes down to like, you, you always hear it said, like, I'm um, just give it to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Oh, you're stressed about that. Worried about just give it to Jesus. And in all honesty, 
looking back, I had no idea what that meant. Hmm. Like people said, like I had no idea what that meant. Does that mean like, Oh, I pray about it. And Oh, I know what I need to do. I need to open my hands and I need to point them towards the sky because it's like me giving something away. Yeah. Right. And I'm not bashing that. Like this doing physical things like that will help you. Um, with certain things, but like, is that, is that it? And I just let it go. And it like floats up to Jesus and we're good. Or like right. is that lay the it at thing? the cross, lay it at the feet of Jesus. Um, and don't pick it back up. Right. Like we like <laughs> to add that little caveat. Yeah. At, but even that, mm-hmm. like, what does it mean to lay it at Jesus's feet? Mm. Like, I don't, do I, yeah. do I yeah. like, imagine it in my hand and then I'm like placing it at the feet of Jesus, which would be Write hard it on to a do, paper and burn honesty. it, burn it with a candle. Like, how do I do that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how do you do it? Um, and what I've learned over the last couple of years is the way we do it is in relationship and conversation with Jesus. Um, mm. And it's not just, hey, Jesus, um, yeah, I'm stressing about work. Uh, I just want to give all that to you. I give it to you now in the name of Jesus. It is yours. Um, mm. I lay it at your feet. Uh, I open my hands and release it. I'm no yeah. longer going to stress about it, and I'm not going to pick it back up. Well, we've probably all done that. Uh, and we all know, the, you know, an hour later, five minutes later, uh, stress yeah. is back, worry is back. We've we've completely forgot we've given it to Jesus. Yeah. Uh, what I have found is if I let it all out, mm-hmm. so God, here's what I'm stressing about. Let me walk you through the facts. Yeah. Um, then it's Jesus. Let me walk you through the emotions of it all. Here's what I'm feeling. Here's what I'm thinking. Um, God, now let me walk you through all the worries and the fears about it. Um, why am I stressing? Yeah. Um, like, what's the real root of it all? I've been talking about that. God, I want this, and I know that this is going to help me get there. And if I don't, excuse me, do those things, I'm not going to get there. Um, right? Go through all the the stresses and worries of the. And I found when I practice that, and I let it all out. So you're not talking a minute conversation. You're talking a substantial, long conversation. Yeah. Um, because it takes a while to let it all out. Um, that I. I feel what it feels like to not have worry and burden. I feel what mm. it feels like when I let Jesus lead. And then even in those moments, it's conversation. So there's going to be things yeah. he's going to tell you to do. There's going to be things he's going to reveal and, and explain to you in those moments that you're going to learn from them. Then you're like, oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, I was yeah. trying to do it this way and I should have did it this way. Uh, I was trying to you know, control everything and all my circumstances and put all this effort into it. When in all reality, um, I'm going to be okay. Like, I don't have to worry about those things. I'll be able to take care of my family. I'll be able to, whatever the worries are that that are taking over. But you got to let all that stuff out. You've got to tell Jesus about it. Um, And I think there's a big piece in that, that you're like, oh, this is what it means. I I picture it this way. So, like, here's big oxen. We'll say, like, 550, easy, all muscle. Yeah. Um, Rocks. I don't know how big oxen actually are, but that's big, dude. They're big. Yeah. Yeah. Big old horns. And then there's like little you. What's that movie? It wasn't an ox. I think it was a bull. Fernando or Ferdinand? Ferdinand the bull. I kind of f- yeah. picture like, yeah, we're Ferdinand. So like this little yeah. like bouncy yeah. bull that's just like, yeah, life is so fun and easy. <laughs> and then something <laughs> oh, happens. Right. And we're like life is miserable. This sucks. Um, and then you like yep. walk up to this big burly um, oxen and you're like, hey, dude. Um, and he's like, let's go plow the fields. And you're like, what? 
Um, you're like barely even touching the yoke. He's like doing all the work for mm-hmm. you. And then as you yeah. grow and learn the skills, like you're taking more of the yoke and then eventually yeah. you're on your own, just pulling it by yourself. Like it's that kind of thing that's happening. And I know that's a silly illustration, but um, there's something well, to no, it. Like, the, wait, going the next iteration though, man, you're not on your own. You, uh, once you get there, teaching someone else. like, yeah, you got somebody else and you're like showing them how you do it. You know, it's like, Hey, ride my coattails in this and like walk with me, you know, basically like Jesus is saying like, no, no, in this season, your job is to just show up. Eventually you'll be pushing. Mm -hmm. But in this season, you just got to be present and start walking and trust me that I know where I'm leading you, you know? Yeah. And this is where it goes back to what we talked about last week, you know, add meek to your, your vocabulary, like humble, humility, um, and then also obedience. Like, if you're not, you'll never see yourself as Ferdinand the bull. Right. Uh, if you're not willing to humble yourself, right? You're yeah. like, no, I'm like the freaking ox. Mm-hmm. Like, I can do this. I don't need his yeah. help. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, buddy, you so desperately need it, even if you don't. And if you don't think you do, you desperately need it more than the rest right. of us that know we do. Right. Um, like, you're in a rough spot. Um, it, so I think there's that piece of it, too. Like, this isn't going to work unless you take on humility, meaning you don't know what's yeah. best. I think of, like, Solomon. So there's there's a story um, where God asked Solomon, "I'll give you whatever you want. Just ask mm-hmm. for it. Yeah, um, you know whatever that happens to be. And you know God is God, so He knows what He's going to decide. But even in that right. moment, you're probably thinking wealth, mm-hmm. um, more power, Money, bigger, influence, bigger, you know, yep. bigger kingdom. Yep. Yeah, all these mm-hmm. things. Um, and what He asked for is wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a lot of humility in that. Like, yeah, it, He didn't ask for knowledge. He didn't mm-hmm. ask for more information. Nope. He didn't ask for like, I nope. want to know the everything. No, he asked for wisdom. So yeah. in wisdom, there's humility. In wisdom, there's uh, understanding uh, of complex man. issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, discern- like, there's so much inside of wisdom that play mm-hmm. out. But that, there's there's humility. that, And then God's like, because because you asked for something so like remarkable, um, mm-hmm. like I'm going to give you everything anyways. Yeah. Um, which if you're selfish in general, just always ask for wisdom. No matter when you ask for something, <laughs> I, I want wisdom. Uh, wisdom for, for uh, two hundred wisdom, wisdom. <laughs> yeah, um, for three. Always throw the wisdom out there. <laughs> uh, but in all reality, like, and I think you don't see this when you're young. I didn't. Yeah. Um, and I probably don't see it even fully now. Like, talk to yeah. me in my sixties, um, mm-hmm. and I'll probably even have a a, a better um, appreciation for wisdom in our lives, um, discernment, um, good judgment, um, knowing what's you know knowing what's right and wrong, but more importantly, knowing how to do what's right and how to avoid what's wrong, um, especially in relationship. Yeah. Right. All these things that, that we don't, we're not going to learn um, magically. Like it's not going to just happen. Oh, it's Lottie. All your kids are <laughs> naked today. Everyone that Dude, has come on screen today. is. I naked. told you it's like 90 something. It's super hot already today, even Sorry. though it's not late. Yeah. But keep going. Yeah, air conditioning? yeah. Inside, but outside. No. And they were out by the pool. So you don't have you air know. conditioning outside. Oh, that's weird. I thought everyone, <laughs> Had outside air conditioning. Oh, you don't have outside? No, oh, dude, I haven't been asking for enough wisdom to where I get the the wealth to have you, outside you air conditioning. the outside air conditioning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Just a massive greenhouse. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Go there's something to asking for wisdom. Like, there's so much humility in that statement because you're recognizing yeah. that you yeah. don't know enough. Right? You don't know how to do it. Um, you don't know how to... 
to fix it. You don't know how to flourish or thrive in it. I mean, you're just asking right. for wisdom on how to do those things. Like what a gift for God to give wisdom to, to Solomon, like pretty incredible. Yeah. Now we yeah. all know, you know, the Solomon story and how it ends up playing out. It does a lot for Israel, the country, right. but eventually walks, you know, pretty far from God. Right. Um, or at least in God ways. Um, but yeah, I think there's, there's something to that as well in our, in our own hearts of like, you can't think, you know, it all, you can't right. think you're going to figure it out. Um, just take the humble position and be like, Jesus, I don't know. I think yeah. this is what I need in my life. And that's why I'm asking you for whatever this is. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, um, but right. I do trust you. I do trust that you're yep. going to guide me in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I do trust you're going to teach me the right things. Um, as long as I stay focused in on you and on relationship with you. Um, so I can have those conversations because if you're not focused on fostering relationship, you're not gonna have those conversations, mm-hmm. right? That's just the reality of it. And I think all too often, um, Christians want like those big booming voice moments. Like we've mm-hmm. talked about this, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I've never, I got, I got asked this last night, like, um, you know, when I got called to ministry, I felt this, this, like an echoing of the ages type of voice in my soul. Yeah. I didn't hear audibly, yeah. but I had no doubt who it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and the question was like, how often does, like, how often does God talk to you um, yeah. in your life? And you're like, well, like, like that maybe twice, um, yeah. but like talking all the time, like all the time. Yeah. Then there's seasons that happens less because I'm not fostering the same kind of relationship. Um, yeah. But there's seasons that it's it's every day, multiple times a day. Um, right. I'm hearing hearing from God, and I don't say that to say, oh, look at Josh, he's so spiritual. He's a he like he's on the upper echelon of of you know right people that God loves. That's not the case at all. Very little of the case. The right. only difference is I'm fostering a relationship with Jesus. That's the only mm-hmm. difference. Uh, yeah. And I think too often Christians don't want to put in the work of foster yeah. relationship. We just want it to be really simple and easy. And I get the desire for that. Um, yeah. But like to, to know the voice of God means you have to spend enough time to recognize the voice of God. Yeah. Like, it's like Andrew's chickens. If Andrew never <laughs> went out to the chicken coop, um, yeah. but then he went out there and he was like demanding them to do a bunch of things. Yeah. Um, and they're like, I don't know who that, like, I don't know who this yeah. guy is. Like, yeah. Yeah. I never heard him before. Mm-hmm. Like they're not going to have any idea. Now there's a different kind of, yeah, they literally, <laughs> they literally the then, over time, no. they seriously have, uh, they truly know my voice. And if I just walk out and then when it's time to put them back in, I just walk out and I start talking like full, full, you know, volume. And they all start emerging and like coming to wherever I am and they'll follow me to their coop and it's great, but it is a good analogy because, you know, I look at chickens and they like, Andrew. Yeah. Because your wife has sent me videos. Andrew does act like mama chicken and he like does the clucking and the, <laughs> the wings and walks back. He does like, I mean, shake, all right. All right. Do. You know, sometimes you got to change it up, but he is talking <laughs> during that. So uh, that that's right. No, but I was, I mean, like I look at the chickens and I'm like, you know, like they're pretty dumb. Like they know just enough to get through life, but they're not as smart as you and I, but God looks at us and he's like, he has infinite knowledge, you know, and he's like, yeah, you're kind of like chickens, but like you have my spark, you're made in my image. So a lot higher value to, to God. We're a lot higher value to God than chickens are, you know, but there's a reason we're compared to like when God talks about worry and anxiety, he's like, listen, I know when every sparrow falls from the sky, how much more do I know and care about your needs? You know, don't worry. 
Um, that's a little earlier, I think, in Matthew when Jesus talks about that. But um, yeah, man, like God, you slowly get to recognize God's voice. And, and we've talked about this a lot. I uh, Two thoughts struck me that weren't related to the chickens. But last night I was holding Lottie um, in the middle of the night. Jenna woke me up at about 4.30 in the morning. She had already been up with her for a while, you know, but like that quiet hour of the morning um, where Lottie was yeah. just up for whatever reason. It was really because she had to have a huge poop, which she did about about five or five fifteen. But, uh, you know, I was just up and I'm like, I could just sense like she just needs to play for a little bit and then she'll let out gas or whatever it is. So I was just like praying and I had no volume going on anything. It was just quiet. I could hear birds waking up outside. Um, but realistically it's like, that's the quietest, uh, portion of my day is going to be. So I was just like, Hey God, like, you want to say anything? Like, do I need to hear anything from you right now? And it was just crickets, you know, it was totally quiet. And I think that was just like the, Oh, sorry. Um, I think it was just a moment of like, no, just like rest. (laughs) Like, it's just quiet. Enjoy the quiet. You know, I think that's all he wanted to say to me at that moment. And it was cool. So here I am talking about it and and sharing about it. But it was good because I don't get a lot of moments of of just rest. You know, like lean back, listen, enjoy it. But that was a good one. That's for sure. No, that's good. Um, I just think of um, Jesus saying, we were talking about knowing the voice. Um, um, I don't know. I think it's just recorded in John. When Jesus talks about the sheep knowing my, like they know my voice and I know them and they follow me. I think it's, sorry, let me just Google it. I don't know if it's just John or not, but yeah, like a shepherd analogy, like my sheep know my voice. John 10. Um, Jesus, Jesus responds to somebody. Um, Sorry, I'm seeing what he's responding to. He's at the temple courts. Uh, somebody asked him, if you are the Messiah, just tell us plainly. Um, and Jesus responds, yeah. um, Jesus answered, I tell them, uh, I did tell you, uh, you do not believe. Uh, the works I do uh, yeah. in my father's yeah. name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. Uh, my sheep listen to my voice. Uh, I know them and they follow me. Uh, uh, I give eternal life. They shall never perish. And no one... Uh, will snatch them out of my hands. Now he's talking about specifically salvation here, but um, like uh, knowing the voice of God, like that, that's a, that's a big deal in Christian faith. Um, And the only way it's going to happen is you pursue it and and practice it. Like read the recorded word of God, because you're going to get, you're going to understand what God says and what what he won't say. Um, You'll understand how he says certain things. Um, And I would say, I would argue start with the Gospels. Um, the beautiful thing about majority of our modern Bibles is red letters mean Jesus said it. Um, so you're going to get a good taste of 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 Jesus by reading what he's going to say, um, and then start conversation with Jesus. When you start those conversations with Jesus, it's going to feel one sided, one hundred percent. It's yep. going to feel like you're talking to a wall. That's mm-hmm. normal. That's okay, um, because you've got to practice skill of being able to hear the whisper. Right. Like, and then you're going to have yep. a moment where you're like, yep. 
did Jesus just answer my question? And was that like, me or somebody sure. else? Was that me um, or him? How yeah. do I know? Was, was that just what I was thinking? Or was like, uh, and then I would say, well, whatever he said, do you take it back to scripture? And the beautiful thing is we live in the 21st century or 20. Are we still in the 20? Yeah, we're still in the 21st. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry. I get the century thing because it's always named for the next one. It's so confusing. Um, so confusing. Um, but you have Google. So Google the Google what you feel like he's saying and type verse behind it. And there's a really good chance something's going to come up. I don't say, I won't say just read that one verse that does come up, read the whole chapter, read the couple right, of chapters right. around it. Um, if you're still confused, is Jesus saying this to me? And it might be something stupid and small. Um, take it to a, to a, a, someone that's been journeying longer with you, longer than you than Jesus, someone that loves Jesus and loves you in that order and ask them, let them help you discern it together. Yeah. Um, And then if you guys all come to the conclusion that, yeah, I think that might be Jesus telling you to do that, go do that. Um, Then you're going to start to practice. like, okay, I've heard it for the first, I've heard it now. Now what do I do with it? Right? Like, well, you're going to keep doing those types of things until you get to the place where like, I know this is what the voice of God sounds like in my life. And the hard part is, is it does, I think it does sound differently for other people. Like when I describe what I feel like God says, and for me, it's a whisper for me, it doesn't sound like anyone doesn't sound like my dad. I know that I've heard that it doesn't sound like me. Um, it just, it's just a statement that gets said. Um, and typically it's not loud. It's not audible. It's not like Josh to your soul. This is the voice of like, it's nothing like that. (laughs) It's not Morgan Freeman. Um, Like. It's, it's a simple statement usually, and it's not long. Um, it usually the beautiful of who God is and the ability for him to speak. It's not this long dialogue of like, let me give you everything. It's like this one simple, whatever happens to be, could just be a truth. I need to be reminded of a verse. I got reminded of, it could be, um, a, a behavior I need to change or something that I need to do or a conversation I need to have. Or maybe it's like, uh, I get this a lot in, in recent days, uh, which is tell me about it. Um, so I'm talking about whatever. And Jesus goes, tell me about it. Hmm. And you're like, oh, yeah, well, I'm just talking about the facts. I'm just talking about the, the head knowledge about it all. Let me get into the heart and like really tell you about it. Um, and, and that yeah. changes, yeah. You know, at least for me, it's changing my conversation drastically. Uh, and when I get out of that rhythm, like it takes a little bit of time to get back in the rhythm. Yeah. Um, right. Like yeah. when I'm out of, you know, I haven't spent time with Jesus in a week. Um, in at times even longer than that, uh, in my life, like, um, like it takes a little bit of time to get back to it because I've let so many other things, um, kind of distract me from it. Um, and if you're one of those people, like you are 100% going from, you know, 6 AM to, you know, 11 PM every night. I mean, you're just busting it. Right. Um, like evaluate your calendar, evaluate your schedule and figure out where are the moments that I can just have time. Uh, yeah. Uh, whether it's I'm going to get up 10 minutes earlier, I'm going to get up an hour earlier. Um, you know, instead of doing this specific thing over lunch, um, I'm going to do this instead. Or, hey, I go to the gym for 45 minutes um, in the afternoon. Uh, I'm going to keep doing that. But instead of, you know, bla- blaring music in my ears, I'm just going to have conversations with Jesus while I'm working out. Like, just look for those small little moments that you can just start to foster a relationship with Jesus. Don't overcomplicate it. Like it doesn't need to be. And I think that was always exactly. my biggest struggle yeah. growing up was like, I wanted it to be like this big, like everything is perfect. The worship music playing at just the right level. Right. I pull my right. Bible out. And it's like, Oh, uh, so like, <laughs> you're like, I don't have enough time for that today. So I'm not going to do it. Um, 
And like, if you're just not fostering a relationship with Jesus, like, uh, I would say it this way. If you're married, think of it this way with your spouse. Um, like at times you're in busy seasons and you got to find that little time, right. To fit it in, to relationally connect that you're not talking about yep. to-do lists or yep. here's all the things we got to do with the kids or here's the kid's schedule. Like you gotta be intentional. And sometimes it's quick little moments, but those quick little moments are so important, um, yeah. for your relationship yeah. to keep fostering. Vital. Like the relation, yeah, relationship is relationship and relationship with human beings. Granted, you know, with Jesus, he is Jesus. Um, so we, we have some other characteristics at play, but like, it's still relationship. Like I foster relationship with Jesus, just like I foster relationship with Andrew. Like I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna dig into things. I'm going to share parts of my life. Uh, I'm going to ask questions. I'm, I'm going to, um, uh, ask him uh, to better understand it, you know, his character and, and what he's trying to accomplish and what is, where is he at work right now? And, um, what is he working on? Um, which is a weird question to ask Jesus. Cause like he's omnipresent. He's working on a lot of things, but like in my vicinity, Jesus, what are you working on right now? Um, like all these different things that we could be asking cause it relationships relationship. And I think all too often, um, we, we just miss it because it's not going to live up to the expectations we want. So we just don't do it. And then life happens because life happens to all of us. Uh, we get burdened and we're, we're exhausted and weary. And then you're like, ah, oh. like that should be a sign. Something's wrong, right? Like if you're exhausted, if you're weary, something's wrong. It doesn't have to be this way. Um, something's not going right. Yeah. And it's yeah. worth digging into Jesus and, and asking him what, what's wrong. Like what's going on, Jesus? What do I need to focus in on? Um, what am I doing? need to stop doing that I am doing? Um, like, where do I need to, to change? Uh, and this is where, you know, I know Andrew and I were both impacted by um, the relu- ruthless, pers- no, ruthless elimination of hurry. Elimination of hurry. I always want to say the ruthless pursuit of hurry. And you're like, I don't, I don't think that's right. I don't think we're pursuing it. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but just the way that he kind of walks through just one, the, human condition that we like to be busy because it makes us feel important. Um, but also too, like how do you actually practica- practically start to eliminate hurry from your life? Um, so you can be fully present where you are, um, wherever that happens to be fully present with people sitting in front of you, fully present with Jesus when you're spending time with Jesus. Um, how are you being fully present in these places? But, Dude, I, um, I got to run. Um, but, and I've been on mute because I'm holding a baby who's like close to nap time, um, getting loud. But I just wanted to say, like, I think rest and, and like one of the things that's so helpful in, in remembering what God said to you is gratefulness. You know, taking moments and thanking him for what he said to you in the past and what he taught to you in the past. So that's, that's maybe my final thought is just. Uh, if you're sitting here like, I really want to hear from God today. I want to hear from it. I want to force his hand to speak to me or whatever. It's like, no, just maybe like yeah. start with like thanking him for all the decision, decisions he's led you in and things he spoke to you in the past. That'd be my encouragement. That's good. And if you're sitting in worry, um, you're sitting in burden right now. Like my guess is you have to drive somewhere today. Um, that drive's probably going to be longer than 10 minutes. Um, there's 10 minutes right there that you can talk to Jesus about that worry and that burden. Um, share it not from a factual level of like, this is what's happening. Share it from a heart level. How are you feeling about it and what's scaring you about it? Um, and let that out. Throw it all over Jesus. He's more than capable of helping you carry the burden. He's more than you know capable of walking you through that. 
uh, and then ask him, is there anything I need to do about it? And see where he leads in the midst of that. You may be shocked. He may speak to you in a way that you're like, whoa, wasn't ready for that. Um, and then this conversation, this relationship's off to, off to the races. Andrew, my buddy, as always, it was good to see those shining blue eyes. <laughs> good to see you, my friend. Talk to you soon, man. Thanks for listening to our show. It really means a lot to us, and we hope that it helps bring you closer in your relationship with Jesus and with other people. And it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also follow us on Instagram and the Facebook. Now, sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast. We believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you. We want to hear from you. You can email us at hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram, or you can just visit us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. But seriously, thanks for listening.